We're just boys. We like beer. We like beer. If you think that that sounds hazy, then Lord, we'll make it clear. We like Blondells, IPAs, cider stouts from the USA. We're just boys. We like beer. We're just boys. We like beer. Welcome back to another episode of the Upstate Beer Boys Podcast. We are on location here. Bum, bum, bum. Over in uh, Greenville. Lovely Habitat Brewery. Tap room. Restaurant. Extraordinaire. After this segment, we'll get to the nuts and bolts of what makes this place tip. Alright, so we always want to thank Mr. Chris Hitchcock for our theme song. Catch him on all your streaming music platforms at Chris Hitchcock and most of your major social platforms. You can find Chase, our humble correspondent. <laughs> you can find him at nutmeg 2 on Instagram, TikTok, and now YouTube. How's that going? <laughs> Oddly enough, I, with the technical difficulties this week with my edit station, I think I picked up more followers this week being dark than the previous week with content. So go figure that one out, algorithm. It's <laughs> funny how that happens sometimes. You can catch Steven on Instagram at Southern Blaine Reviews. And if you want to follow my hijinks, you've got Wayne's Beer Delivery on YouTube, Instagram, a little bit on Twitter. We don't do a whole lot there. But uh, that's where we're at. So, what are we drinking? Well, I suppose I can start. We are, of course, sitting at Habitat on Woodruff Road, just outside of Greenville. And um, we're doing a little, our usual, what are we drinking in flight style. We're sitting here with one of the fine managers of this establishment, Nico. And uh, on mine, I've started with the Jib Jab, which is a pale ale, house brew. And uh, I'll tell you one thing. If pale ales all tasted like this, I'd be a very big fan of pale ales. Appreciate <laughs> it, yeah. That was, um, it's, got the, it's got the malty, sweet aroma, but... You get that, you start to take a sip of it, and it just blasts you right in the face with a high caramel uh, flavor profile. For sure, yeah. We're really proud of how, you know, when we first brewed this one, it was really funny. Candace, you know, high grab can, you know, she hits a 6.4 uh, pale ale and certainly doesn't drink like one. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and even 6.4 for a pale ale, you're like, wait a minute. Are you sure it's a pale ale? Right. No, for sure. <laughs> uh, and then I had, next one I got is Jimbo Juice, which is your house New England style. It's got a typical New England juice aroma. But the flavor to me, and we were talking a little bit off air before we hit the, before we made the mics hot. To me, it tastes like fruit snacks. Yeah, the, the hops that we used in this was actually really cool. Uh, I am a big fan of New Zealand hops, and um, so we showcased two different types of hops on there. Um, 
I'm a big fan of uh, Montueca and Raquel. Give it a lot of that lemon lime zestiness, and then you know, threw a big old American hop in there, um, which is El Dorado for that big orange punch. He stole uh, my heart. Uh, um, the next one I have is so I split my flight up with two of your house brews and two of your guest taps. Mm -hmm. So, of course, those two with your house brews, and the other two, one of which is. Uh, collaboration, well, I guess not a collaboration, it's probably theirs. It's with Southern Growl called Social Lubricator. <laughs> and it kind of reminds me, the aroma kind of reminds me a little bit of the Jib Jab. It's very malty, it's a little sweet. For sure. The flavor's got more of that. I, I, I can't say it's bitter because it's not bitter, but it's got more of that bitter type of malty sensation. Absolutely. Um, so, so we uh, last month we actually showcased that was one of our big events. Was uh, we had Southern Growl in house for one of our monthly um, tap takeovers, and this beer was actually a really fun beer um, that they offered us to get. Um, not many people are doing Doppelbox anymore, so um, it's very sad. Yeah, I love that beer style. Like, talk about a mega punch, high grab lager. I mean, I love that style. Um, and Southern Brown does a great, does a great job on it. And uh, you know, cheers to them. They're also, you know, and congrats to them for expanding once again. You know, they're growing, which we all want to do. So we're doing it right. Yeah, apart apart from uh, having a hockey game in the middle of daylight, yeah. <laughs> in the middle of summer in South Carolina, you're doing big things. Yeah, I told Jason about that. They're like, what in the world? I'm like, yeah, I was born in Raising Greer. I know exactly where that's at. And, of course, my last one is a low country beer from Snafu. Cherry pie sour, I think it's called. Yeah. Cherry pie milkshake sour. So Super creamy. Super, super creamy, creamy on the nose. Vanilla's in there. I mean, that's the pie aspect. It's a, that's a really fun beer. And I like to give a huge shout-out to Snafu. They've really come back swinging hard. Their beers that they've been putting out, like, I can't keep it on tap for more than a week. Like, all of their beers just crush it. Their, uh, their Kool-Aid Acid Test series is fantastic. We had the peaches and cream on before. That lasted about three days. Um, and then the cherry pie milkshake is literally, if your grandmother made a beer in pie form, that's it. Yeah, and to, like the flavor is super, super balanced. Mm -hmm. Whereas the aroma was all sweet, all vanilla. The flavor is like, there's sweet there. You can definitely taste it. Mm -hmm. But it's also a lot of sour and fruitiness, too. For sure. You definitely get that tart cherry as opposed to those sweet cherries, um, which is really awesome. Um, well, I'm Nico, I'm the GM here, so I'm drinking, paying a little homage to uh, one of my favorite breweries here in Greenville, which is Liability. Uh, I'm drinking their Publicamp. This is their, um, one of the few offerings that they do actually offer on Nitro. I'm a big Nitro beer fan. Um, like that. How can you not be? I agree. I mean, <laughs> I feel like, you know, most people, you know, they come out and they're like, Oh, 
I want a nitro stout. There's other beers besides stouts that are on nitro, and this is one of those beers that I have there. Like I said, Public Camp. It's their ESB, uh, stands for Extra Special Bitter. Um, I love this beer. It's a good, just five and a half percenter. Um, big shout out to Liability too. Um, I'm a big fan of them because they have actually taken the beer game to almost to where a lot of people are scared of. And they uh, they're celiac certified brewery. So if you have, you know, someone who has celiac or doesn't have a gluten intolerance, they can go to liability and they can have a beer, which they probably haven't had a beer in decades, years. And it's really awesome that they're able to do this. And, you know, I have a staff member on staff that can't have beer, and, but she can have liability. And it's so cool just to see her. And this beer is really nice. Uh, you get a nice kind of multi aroma also on it that creaminess of it being on nitro is really nice you also get a little bit of that bitterness uh hence the name extra special bitter um and it really coats your tongue gives you a nice kind of um soft mouthfeel on the tongue um i really like this beer it's just something unique that a lot of people aren't doing so cheers to y'all Right, and you don't see a lot of ESBs down here. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You do see a lot of them down here. I'm not used to seeing a lot of them. Being from up north, mm -hmm. they, they just don't exist. And down here, it's like every second or it's like every third or fourth place has an ESB, uh, shilling, uh, you know, some kind of mild, traditional whatever, mild, yeah. Yeah. And those English beer styles, I'm hoping, come back. I mean, They're I want to have more than, you know, I want to have more than two or three beers. I mean, the English know how to do it. That's, That's true. Right. Lena, what you got? Well, I went the full spectrum on my flight. I have four of the habitual brewing beers. So, we've got the Brussels Hustle Belgian IPA, which is a style that you don't see a lot of. And it's, it's fantastic. The uh, aforementioned Jim Jab, the... Um, I think that's your pale ale. Yep. And, uh, you know, when you think pale ale, you think of uh, the big boy Sierra Nevada. And this is not bad. It's actually, I think I like this uh, a lot better than pale ale. Sorry, Sierra Nevada. <laughs> and then, which I think is the most fun name up there that you have at the moment, the Coco de Chanel. <laughs> out. Um, it's a good thing I got that in the flight class because that's very dangerous. So I could... <laughs> I can go to town on that. It doesn't even taste like an imperial stuff. And, uh, and then I had to get it because it's a lager, so you're a Heidi Gold Star. Yeah. And I'll take a sip of that now. Perfect beer for this weather. Um, other than maybe like a, maybe a Hefeweizen you got on tap that I may try later. Yeah. But uh, yeah, with it being being over 100 degrees, you know, crispy boys definitely fit the palate, and, uh, you know, hats off to you guys, man, and, you know, your beers, I mean, you have, looks like, I don't know, 40, 50 taps? Yeah. All these compete, man, so hats off hey, to you. We appreciate and, uh, it. And, and Candace, we'll be talking a little, a little bit later. Sorry, I'm stuffing my mouth full of this amazing tenders 
that are actually on the shareable app. Yeah. On the menu. And I had them dipped in buffalo sauce, extra blue cheese. I can't get over how just juicy the chicken is. A lot of times you get tenders from restaurants locally around here and it's just like dry and you have to get them dipped in something to be able to cope with the dryness. But now I'm kind of wishing I just got the dipping sauce just because they're so tender and yeah. juicy. But they're really good. See, I'm more of a dip sauce guy than a toss. You get that, you get yeah. that, that, cr that crunch. I'll try them that way next time. I'm uh, sorry, did we go to the Upstate Food Boys podcast? I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, you know he loves his food on the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I got, I just told you I wanted a flight of IPAs. And the only one that I've had off of this one is number 21, which is the highest citrequential. Uh, yeah, there you go. So, it's always a really good beer, really juicy, when I had $20 to spend on a pack. <laughs> right. The so, prices are going up. Oh, absolutely. And, and I understand. Thing, you know, malt's going up, everything's going up. So then, 22 is Modern Times, Dingo Magic, Edmonds O's, Breath of Nebula. 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 Uh, and then... 30, Wicked Wee, Dr. Dank, Citrus, Passion Fruit, Haze. So, Dr. Dank! Dr. Dank! Oh, and I got a little buggy that oh. decided he wanted to get yeah, drunk. He's having a good time. Yeah, a little nap. <laughs> oh, there's another one. Alright, so let's try Emma's The mayor is very easily distracted. <laughs> he won't drink. Oh, wow. But he'll die happy. Mm. <laughs> so that's, now I see what Candace was saying. Very juicy on the front end. Very good beer. Extremely dank and bitter on the back end. Yeah. I always look forward to this beer when it comes out just because it kind of, you know, I don't know, I'm, a, I'm the type of drinker that wants a little bit of that hop burn. Yeah. I, want, I want to feel the hop Oh, oh, that one. Bless your soul, because I can't do that. I hopped and stuck it in my mouth before I put it in. <laughs> I'm happy to help. Oh! <laughs> I thought Wayne was a resident dad joke on the show. Man, I see I have a challenge here. <laughs> All right, Nico, if you were a fly and you had to choose your death in a particular beer, what beer would it be? Oof. <laughs> so if I was a fly to die in a beer, I would probably, you know, I'm going out, guns are blazing. I'm, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to get that high dollar, that high dollar beer. You know, I'm going to go into one of those goozes, one of those lambics, one of those real big sweet bombs that, you know, you know, if I'm going out, I'm going out with a smile on my face and saving about Four hundred dollars, <laughs> full, full Maverick. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I think someone stout uh, just punched someone in the teeth. Coco yeah. de Chanel and Imperial Stout. 
<laughs> so Whoa, nice little table beer at ten and a half percent. So we have yeah. three different flights. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna start using that. That's really good. That's really good. Every day supper, right? All day supper. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Very Take sharp. you all day to finish it, but you know. <laughs> so the three of us here had three different flights. Yeah. Stephen went all guest tap. Chase went half and half. I went all home team. Holy crap. Welcome to GSP Airport, y'all. <laughs> but when we were talking earlier, I went like y'all did. I did two of the home teams. So I wanted to look branch out. Hey, you know. You still get paid, right, Nico? Yeah. Whether it be <laughs> Habitat beer or... Right. I guess we still got a paperwork. Absolutely. For sure. <laughs> Very much a spectrum of a podcast. Absolutely. All right, so we've covered everything that we drank. So while we're here, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will have Nico, Candace, and John from the Habitat here. And we will talk more about what makes this place tick. They've got food, they've got beer, they've got wine, they've got liquor. We're going to find out what they don't have. Stay tuned to the Upstate Your Boys Podcast. The only joint my mama burned was on the rural route. She parked in old man Tater's woods so she wouldn't be found out. Turned off her dome light, snuck off by herself. Crashed down beneath that window, fired it up, gave it hell. That hangout my daddy used to hang around We watched it all go up and smoke until it all came down Just like that the taps and stools and tables got turned To the only joint my mama ever burned I'll get sassy and bluegrass, come on Welcome back to the Upstate Bear Boys Podcast Today we rode over to Habitat here in Greenville, South Carolina With us today is Jonathan, Nico, and Candace. First off, thank y'all for taking the time to come and sit down and talk to us. I know all y'all have busy jobs. Some yeah, of us yeah. have double jobs. Thank uh, you. Jonathan, you're running around. <laughs> so before we get started with the interview, can each of you go around and tell what you do here and what your what else you do on the side? Yeah, that's always a good question. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess my official title is I'm the COO of SC Hospitality Group, which is the parent company of Habitat. So, you know, we have two other restaurants here in town, Southern Culture Kitchen and Bar and LTO Burger. Uh, so that's that's my official title. In terms of what I do, anything that needs to be done is pretty much what I do. So lots of spreadsheets, uh, as I'm commonly known, but, uh, but definitely anything that needs to be done on, on the operation side just kind of helps get everything moving. This brewery was a big project, so all hands on deck with that and, you know, anything really. So I am the chief janitor. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Candice. I am the head brewer slash cake filler slash cake room rearranger. Uh, so that's pretty much what I do. And I think we're up to... 10 or 11 beers right now, so we've been brewing since Christmas, and it's been pretty great. We can try out the recipes, figure out what people are liking, and um, I also help out Jonathan with his spreadsheets. And my side job is being his wrangler, 
It's fun time. <laughs> so that's the spreadsheet joke. Spreadsheets and spreadsheets. It gets deeper as we go. Yeah. Uh, my name's Nico. I'm the general manager, beer buyer here at Habitat. Uh, I'm also the resident nerd of the restaurant groups. Uh, side hustle. I play Dungeons and Dragons, so you know, that's my shtick. Um, you know, I've been here for about three years, so you name it, I've done it here at Habitat. Uh, yeah, running food, cleaning tables, uh, answering the spreadsheets. It's great. All right, well, thank you for having us. You know, when everyone thinks of the beer scene in Greenville, they automatically think of the downtown area over there towards Stone Avenue and that side of town. And, and we are just off of one of the busiest roads in Greenville County, Woodruff Road. So, my question is, is like, um, what brought you to this particular location? Yeah, so that's that's a great question. Uh, well, obviously it is a busy road, so it's got that going for it. That's positive. Uh, but truth be told, that uh, the the people that actually own the business, uh, Jim and Renee Boya, uh, they're you know part of this community here that we're that we're talking about. They actually uh, own the building. Uh, so whenever we were going to open up a location, uh, we obviously looked at our current real estate portfolio and kind of. It made sense that uh, we position ourselves really in kind of like a neighborhood spot. So we understand that downtown's hopping, hopping and everything else, but uh, we also feel like there is a great community all around here that needs to be served. And that's kind of what we see ourselves as, as a community restaurant group. Well, that's good. Actually, you know, up until recently, I kind of figured you guys were more towards the downtown area. So it's actually exciting to me because I live in the Five Forks area, so your location can pull from Greater Greenville, from Malden, Simpsonville, uh, Five Forks, so it, it's a pretty central location, so yeah, thanks for putting it here. Yeah, 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 appreciate that, and just a quick highlight, there's other ways to get here than Woodruff Road. Woodruff <laughs> Road, Garlington Road, for all those people that are afraid of Woodruff. Yeah, if you're in Five Forks, you can take Rubber Mountain Road to Garlington and come right in. Yeah. That's exactly how I come this way, because I live in there. That wasn't how I came, because I came down from the Midlands, so uh, I just got right off and got off, but and a little bit of an adventure finding my way through all the parking lots. Some people like to know where they're going instead of listening to the machine, Wayne. We probably <laughs> could use more signage out there. <laughs> Print out your map quest directions. Yeah. I'll take the point where the hold was by Frankie's Fun Park. I sent him a screenshot of the map showing it like here's Frankie's, here's Habitat. Yeah. So he was actually over by Hammers. So. Technology, Chase, get with it. No, no. And he's the youngest of us three. Yeah. Um, well, thanks again for being part of our show. Now, it's a brewery, but it's also a tap room. What are the benefits and challenges from a business standpoint of running the brewery operations versus a house for beer that's not your own? So I'm actually going to probably defer this one to Nico. And the reason why is when we first started out, which was like three years ago, um, we, we did not have a brewery operation. And actually, we were a fast casual tap house. 
And so it has changed over time, and I'd like to think that it's changed for the better. And we've learned what our customers want and need, and I hope that we're serving them well. But I think the person that probably notices the change the best would be you, Nico. Yeah, so it was actually a really interesting uh, watching uh, Habitat change and grow as the kind of climate has changed throughout the years. When we first opened, we were fast casual. You'd walk up to the bar, uh, order your food, grab a number, grab a seat, and we would run your food out to you. Um, that lasted until the, you know, I hate to say it, but the COVID era really changed that for us. So we decided that, you know, maybe now is the time for us to change to a full service restaurant where we serve the community at the table, do full service, uh, bring them out drinks, give them water. Um, and it also gave us an opportunity to really connect with our customers. And in that time when we were connecting with the customers, we really kind of started figuring out that, I mean, hell, we are a beer powerhouse here in Greenville. We have 50 rotating taps. We went from being just beer and wine only to beer, wine, and liquor, instilling a strong brunch service. Then we decided, hey, let's just keep the ball rolling. We know the beer scene. We know what the clientele here in Greenville and just the beer community as a whole once. And we were like, well, hey, I think me and Candace did it on the Dungeons and Dragons table. We were just talking and we were like, hey, you want to help open up a brewery? And, you know, Candace rolls the dice and she was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And um, um, <laughs> it was a really cool establishment to build the process of watching, um, you know, we were debating, me, Candace, and Jonathan, when we launched the brewery and built it up. You no, know, the biggest thing that was hard for us was to decide what size we wanted to do. Um, so we decided, you know, we're going to do a five-barrel system to start off with, and it gives us an opportunity to kind of hone in on our recipes, hone in on what we're going to do. And the community feedback's been great. I mean, shoot, I got three of the five beers surrounding are our house beers. So, uh, you know, we give love. And it's a really cool niche thing here. Um, honestly, I'd like to think that we were kind of the first of our kind here in Greenville where we have a full-service bar, full-service restaurant, and we are a running brewery operation. So we have the full thing offered yeah, here under like one roof. With like 40 of our, you know, I don't want to call them competitors because it's really community, but 40 other beers that are not ours on tap, where usually a brewery, you expect to just get their house brand. So, you know, we knew that was even a risk. You know, hey, we're, we're going to brew beer, and uh, Candace is going to put her beers up, up next to some established brand. People can make a choice right there, this one or that one, and so far, it's been good feedback. So... Cheers, Candace. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> and it was really cool when we first launched. We actually, you know, a lot of times when we do a grand opening like that, you know, you open it up to the public. We did something a little different, which was really cool. We actually invited all the breweries here in Greenville to all commence under one roof. And, you know, we wanted to get their feedback when they um, came in. You know, that first Jimbo Juice keg, I think, lasted shoot i think we almost kicked it the first night and it was great you know a lot of fun great feedback there um 
we had probably about a dozen breweries here all from the Greenville area, and it was really awesome to just reconnect. It was the first time that everyone within COVID all got back together, and it was a really magical thing. Um, we are going to, I'll get, I'll, I want to ask a little bit about Candice's beers in a moment, but as far as the guest taps you have, what's was the hardest name to get? Whether it was a big name or a kind of hole-in-the-wall brewery that's rare and hard to get your names on, like, which which guest tap was kind of the one that you're like, yeah, we got them? Yeah, so uh, that's a really tough question because I see a lot of brands come and go. Um, one that I was extremely excited um, that does a killer beer all the time is Maine. Maine Brewing Company, when they got here in Greenville, it took over. And that beer is so good stylistically, true to style. You don't see too many of those old school West Coast IPAs. Everything is haze, haze, haze. But to come out to bring out a solid brand, I was extremely excited with Maine. Um, another brand that I'm really excited about that just came back um, to South Carolina, they pulled out of the, uh, the state for a couple of years, was Shaxbury Cidery out of Vermont. Hmm. They are one of my favorite cideries. You, I literally am probably going to order one today. Don't call Jonathan. But they do a really cool, they, do, they forage their own apples. They have their own orchard that they collect all of their own ingredients, and they make it. And it's not one of those, you know, sugar bomb ciders. It's like you're drinking a glass of bubbly rosé. It's really nice, delicate. It's a really good brand. Um, but yeah, Maine and Shaxbury are definitely... What about that, I know it's a big name, but that Sierra Nevada, the, the barrel age one that you were... Oh, in, yeah, so kind of we always get really... We have a great relationship with Sierra Nevada. As you look around, you know, half of our umbrellas on our sidewalk are Sierra Nevada. Um, we love our boys over at Sierra, um, and I always try and get some of those Norwalk areas. Love me some Norwalk. That was definitely my uh, one of my first introductions to one of those knock-your-face-off stouts. And, you know, this year, you know, they were kind enough to send us... Uh, two of the barrel-aged Norwals, and we were super excited, and we actually tapped one last year, and we're selling one to probably release this coming year. Or I may, you know, sit on it for a few years, and uh, let it collect some age. I'll rephrase it a little bit for Candace, since you're the brewer. Um, which guest tap made the gears in your head start to turn as far as, oh, I can do this, and I think I can do it better? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a, that's... Someone should have come out with fire. No pressure. <laughs> hey, that red ale. <laughs> you have two answers. Four is yours. We're not doing one. Well, it was competition. Shoot, I did three beers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about doing a pale ale, and I have a different definition of what a pale ale is than most people. Like, most people want to drink Sierra Nevada pale ale. They order pale ale, that's what they want. When I think of
But uh, Jonathan was like, hey, let's put on a pillow. And I said, okay, bring it in. And I said, what are you, what are you thinking? Like, my vision pillow? He's like, go, see you're in the back. I was like, okay. So I looked at him and I said, how can I make this but make it like my way? And so for me, it was like a little internal competition. How, not necessarily better, but like how to hit that same slow. But it was the same thing for our, the right stuff. We, it's our Irish red ale. And people come in and drink Gaelic of water. And I was like, look, I want people to choose ours versus Gaelic. And I kind of like mine. more. But yeah, <laughs> I think it's pretty good. Jonathan, did she hit the mark on the island? Actually, Candace has kind of blown me away, to be honest with you. Like, I, you know, we obviously felt like she was going to do a great job when we brought her into the mix. Uh, but you know it was new, so you know I'm always sitting back with a little reservation. Yeah, and uh, you know, and uh, I was pleasantly surprised with with everything. And so far, like you know, she has pretty much gotten my blessing, and I'm almost hands off. Right, almost, almost. <laughs> it's like it's not kid gloves, so that's that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. I, I admire the trust, but yeah, uh, she's done an amazing job. Well, they were, they were nice enough to let me come in. I called myself, like, the straight cat of Habitat. Yeah. They came in and they fed me and gave me beer, and I was like, oh, I'm never leaving. And I didn't. <laughs> and that was two years ago. And yeah. I would bring my homebrew, and I, you know, they gave me honest feedback, and I tweaked things and changed things. And some things are my recipes that I've kind of changed based on the taste, because, you know, you're not making beer for yourself. I'm making beer for everybody that comes here. So, like, you have to kind of change, you know, some things. So my question is a two part. Who has the final decision on what style you brew? And where do you get your inspiration from the beer that you brew? <laughs> I just want to say that we are not a hierarchy when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like we have collabed so much. From, it's definitely a brainstorming operation. It's brainstorming. That's great. Now, I understand that sometimes my voice might get really loud, but no, seriously, though, I think, I think it's, I think we kind of feed off of each other. I'd like to think we do. Candace, yeah. I, answer correctly. <laughs> <laughs> well, when her boss is set out, sorry, it's kind of hard. Well, I think, I mean, that's great. I do listen to them, but I also look at one of the first questions I had was based off when we had like, 50 taps and it was gift taps, what are people drinking? Yeah. And are you going to make a couple of beers that are going to be for a you know, little niche group of people? I was like, are people drinking, no offense, Nico, are people drinking smoked beers? Yeah. Are people drinking sour smoked beers? And it's like, if not, then okay. But, you know, we know we always have to, we said what? We have to have a hazy. Yeah, you got to do what sells. Yeah, we have to do what sells, even if we're you know, crazy. We have to keep an IPA on tap. Have a family, you gotta do a wheat beer, gotta have a wheat beer, which we're doing soon. Gotta have a pilsner or some kind of crispy boy, as they call it. So, we <laughs> with marshmallows, I think we Westbrook have that one. I think it's gonna be their thing, but you know, we just want to get people to want, and then we'll see before we get too crazy what people respond to, and then we'll, we'll surprise you guys and throw out something special. You're not just cutting Nico deep with uh. <laughs> the, uh, the the shade on the niche beers because I felt that too. You keep saying so, I'm like, what? <laughs> so Nico, do you give any inspiration? 
Um, I, you know, me and Candace, you know, you know, we'll be texting one another randomly at like 11 midnight. My wife's like, who are you texting? I was like, oh, just Candace. I got a beer name idea. And me and Candace <laughs> constantly, you know, bounce back and forth with beer names. Um, Which is your work wife. Oh, 100%. I have two work wives. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, but no, it's been a lot of fun. You know, we do, you know, I, coming into this, you know, I'm still pressing my smoke beer. Um, but I don't think I'll get it, but I'll try. Um, but my, my beer style of choice, my favorite go-to has always been a Pilsner. And Pilsner, you know, there's so many variations. So like Pilsner is kind of my, uh, my, uh, my go-to style. And um, I mean, and Candace hit it right on the nose, you know, that right stuff. Like I either have that Pilsner or right stuff are usually my two go-to Go to beers, but um, you know, it's all one love here. And me and Candace and Jonathan, we have a lot of fun. You know, we'll poke fun. You know, I'll shoot Jonathan a random message, be like, "Hey, I want this," and you know, it's like a five hundred dollar ad jump just to like really piss him off. You know, it's. Uh... <laughs> then I'll modify it a little bit. Between his like late nights and my insomnia, I usually come up with some interesting ideas. Like I, I don't know what I was doing one night. I could not sleep, and the only way to clear my brain is the nerdiest thing is I have to do something very technical. So a lot of times I'll do beer recipes, or I look at like Kimisher, or I'll watch videos. It has to be something like that. And I was like, oh, we should totally do a strawberry lemon ginger, or we should do an X Y Z, and then I'm like. And 30 at night. Excuse the late text, but I have a great <laughs> idea. Yeah, because that's, that's where it comes. Like, yeah. Because that initial one wasn't at a, just a wheat beer, and we did you switch it to a wit? Or what was it? I'm trying to remember yeah, that. Some things I changed on the spur. Um, yeah, I went from Saison to wheat. Yeah, that's right. Gone, like a couple of recipes I've kind of changed around. We were joking about Pilsner, and we were like, we should do a French Pilsner. And I was like, there's no such thing. And then I was like, <laughs> and I was like, wait. So I went on Google. I'll find it. It was like Alice's Pilsner. And I was like, what? And it's I looked, 1664. Yeah, it was like French wine, French hops. Yeah. And I was like, we're doing it. So now we're doing a Phil's Phil's en français. <laughs> so that's <laughs> Let me know when it drops. <laughs> now, you've, that, you've already now dropped a couple of random ones. But since you bring it up, what's the worst brew, new brew rabbit hole you fell down? I have an idea what you're going to say. Let's see. I think you're thinking milkshakes. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, you heard that. You heard that out of her soul. I want to do one. We have uh, a manager like, here that wants one, and I feel bad because I kind of have to hone it in because I do homebrews like on test batch, and it's just one of those things that I haven't found one that I'm in love with yet to really give me more inspiration. But I'm going to attempt to go down, but my next one is sour fruited seltzers. Mm. That's what I want to do. But summer, so I have some green apple ideas. Oh, one of our current, one of our current uh, interviews was a place that does sour seltzers. 
Mm-hmm. They just released one, but I really won't. I'm not a sexual person. Everybody's in my head. <laughs> Every time we think of a beer, we're like, oh, we should do a double IPA. And then we look at the liability, they had a 10% of it. I was like, okay, they're going to think we're copying, but I think, I think we should focus on the sour, smooth seltzers. I'll see who that was you guys interviewed. And then milkshakes, and I think we'll have, that'll be my summer obsession. Then I'll have another one. So my question is, my next official question is also a two-part question. Um, from the brewer standpoint, what are first of all, what are your favorite styles to brew, and then secondly, on top of that, what are the styles you've thrown your hat in the ring on, and you may not have been so confident in pulling them off, and when the final product came out, you were something you could really hang your hat on. Actually, I like dark beers. Stouts, stouts and porters are fun. Um, it's something about the mash that smells amazing. It's something about like adding it in, like figuring out when to add in your dark malt. That gives you more of a coffee or roast flavor. And trying to figure out where that line is between the Schwarz beer, Malta Porter. But yeah, any of the dark beers are totally fun to make. Um, Nobody says that. Nobody uh, says dark beers. So <laughs> I do not like making IPAs. As much as I drink them, they are probably um, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> Especially in the maintenance. One of our star beers. Oh no. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but hat, I don't know, try to think hat in the ring as far as. There's, there's very few beers that I've just gone out and haven't tested. We only have like a few on tap that I've just never tried before and kind of like fingers crossed. And that was our coach. I had never made a coach before, ever in my life. And I was like, crossing my fingers and hoping everything came out. And it was my favorite until we kicked it. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I've had, there was a guy that came in a couple, couple weeks ago that lived in Germany and like served in the army. And he said, that was the best coach he had since he's been back in the States. And that was all I needed to hear. I was like, I quit right now. Good job over. I'm done. <laughs> that was it. That so, was it. When's that coming back on tap? Because I didn't see it on the tap list. Yeah. That was kind of disappointing. We're Wayne, Wayne loves his courses. Um, <laughs> we originally weren't going to keep it as a, a constant, but I was like, it needs to come back. Um, even if it's like a fruit of college or, you know, we bring back this play. So I'll see myself. It's that a fruit of college would be like the mesh of us. Right now it's a fermenting spatial issue. You don't have a follow up to your follow up? No, the course kind of blew me out of the water, actually. <laughs> that wasn't a follow up, that was my actual question. Excuse you. <laughs> you usually have a follow up to your follow up to your follow up. Ah, shucks. <laughs> uh, one thing that I did hear is I've never heard of, I mean, there's all sorts of. Uh, ideas to get in brewing, but I've never heard of one over a game of DVD. <laughs> so that is actually pretty cool. I think. <laughs> yeah, when they first asked me, I thought they were like just asking me if I want to be like around. I, I'm not the fastest on some kind of stuff sometimes. So they were like, well, are you interested? I'm like, yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's go on about that. I didn't realize. <laughs> they were like, no, we want to like, actually be there. So that was a fun little thing, but and then it turned into like something serious. And then Jonathan joined the conversation. I was like, oh, this is real. Like, everybody, everybody's here. So, um, yeah, we were just, I think we were 
Discussing talking like playing D and D because I don't know. Because well, you remember you brought the pilot test batch of Phil's pills <laughs> to the D and D table, and that's when I was like, "This is awesome!" Because we did a New Zealand pilsner, and I was like, "I love New Zealand hops. I love pilsners. It's a match made in heaven." And she, I remember she came out and and bottled it and labeled it, and she put the map of the city that we were in. On, in like the D and D world, and as the label, and it was absolutely hilarious. And then I think you know, played a couple games, killed her a couple times, and uh, we decided to uh, you know bring the game to real life and brew some beers. So it's gonna come full circle. That's why we're having the D and D night. Yeah, we have the fandom field. That's right. If you decide to bottle and label it, let me know. I'll uh, mule some to my brother-in-law in Florida. He's a big D&D fan. He'd like scrap your tour. So we are talking earlier about collaborations. Do y'all have any collaborations coming up in the works? Or? Um, we brewed yesterday, actually, in Savannah River, Augusta, Georgia. Yeah. Um, we did our, a black IPA for D&D, Dungeons and Jazz Nights. Thank you. We did two beers with Magnetic South and the Brewery to Five. And in the future, right now, we're scheduling Shoeless Brewing and the Breaking Greens there at the mm-hmm. Homebrew Store. Yeah, the two female. We're, two uh, female only. Josh, the assistant brewer, actually came up with ideas. This is another one of my late night thoughts. Uh, his sister called Shoeless and said, I wanted to do a Mars. And he was like, let's call it Das Bootless. Mm-hmm. And I said, it's oh. And they're like, that is the cutest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and I was like, perfect. Let's see if it works. And then. Uh, we're trying to work out dates with New, uh, Newgrass and Shelby. That was the one I was talking about myself. God, I, like, <laughs> I feel so bad sometimes because I know I annoy Zach and like Zach. That's the other time there. I need like triple. Like, today. Like, Don't oh, we all? It is so good. Um, and then there's a couple like we gotta get with liability. Um, I used to work for them, so we kind of like left with the understanding oh. that we were gonna do something eventually. So we gotta come up with something like you know great because they're one of my absolute faves. Um, but we're we're trying to get out there and um, help people with purchase. We're doing one with GBX. That's right. Okay. Again, there's a list in my head. Okay, GBX and Leopard Forest Coffee. They're in Taylor's. Oh, we're doing TR. A, uh, TR. TR. Yeah, Travers. Yeah. I'm like, I get my little. I'm only there for a little while. Sorry. <laughs> 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 <Just that. laughs> we're doing a um, coffee barley wine with them. So oh, I am like super excited for that one. That's probably gonna be my thing. Papa Wayne just got <laughs> ears perked up. Listen, you can make a coffee anything beer. You can probably uh, make a coffee Berliner Weiss now drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Coffee blonde on. Oh, that was his first that's beer. What you're drinking? Okay. I was like, yeah, I love coffee in a beer, so that should be really, really good. And then hopefully, you know, throughout the next year, we'll get a lot of collabs. But they've been really great. Like, I've learned so much and just meeting all the different people around the area. And I'm pretty sure I'm forgetting someone, so I apologize if I am. But, um, we're just trying to, you know, get out there. It's nice to be supported and from other breweries because I feel like I had one brewery also that we haven't figured out a date, but he told me he's like he he doesn't do collabs and he will do one with us. So nice. But we're gonna get that schedule soon too. I have to poke fun at one of my co-hosts because someone likes to prefer the Fiddler's Dream over the Fiddler's Nightmare. So for an actual it's brewer. <laughs> so here's the deal. This is why I like it though. Wayne, I know I'm taking your spotlight. Take your question. I'll be quick. You're not taking my question. Just 
I can drink more. It's not nine and a half percent. Yeah, I can drink more of just the fiddler's dream than I can the nightmare. Do you like mosaic? I do. Have you had their thousand, uh, it was like a thousand cuts? thousand cuts, yeah, with uh, the little white label on the man cut water, up. And I drink it, honestly. I mean, <laughs> whoever, everybody who's working in grass can probably cake water. And I'd be like, this is the best water I've ever had in my life. Like, everything I've had. Completely delicious, and I don't know if I can get to Newgrass Fiddler's Dream Nightmare level, but um, that would, that's a that's a tough one. But every time it comes out, I go to a store and I'm like, how much do you have? And I buy all of it. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's a store. There's a store in Fireworks that has it all the time. It's it's that I live in Fireworks. I do too. We both do. Newgrass is only an hour away. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, if I go to Charlotte, I go see my friends in Charlotte, come back through Gastonia, see another friend, go through Shelby, and take the back roads and go every single time I go. <clears throat> I have to pick up something. Y'all Stars, yeah. also great. Oh, yeah, um, great. Well, they, they took one of your bus. You ain't wild and wild. <laughs> yeah, one of your bartenders just asked me if I brought her an orb over, and I was like, uh, Christina. Uh, yeah, we know exactly. <laughs> 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 Just dropped one. I think it might the be the seltzer. Seltzer. It has the funded yeah. in yep. it and something oh, else, yeah. a blue raspberry. Yeah. She's gonna go head over foot of it. Because the orb water was fun dips and cotton candy. Yeah. I never thought you could candy anyway. We might get to that level, but we gotta we'll see. Go for it, Wayne, before somebody else jumps over you. Well, I'm sorry right. I jumped you. <laughs> I was just gonna say the person that asked about the fiddler's dream and nightmare hasn't even had the fiddler's dream yet, so it's true, but you know, so you already. If the opinion until you actually try. Hey, if the bar's that high, <laughs> that means the other bar's gonna be that high. Anyways, back here at Habitat, the Greenville. <laughs> you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go past the flashbacks of Newgrass, which Zach and Brad, you guys are great. Um, so Candace, tell me, what got you started into brewing, and then? How did that progress into jumping feet first into the craft beer world of doing it for a living? Well, okay. this is about 10 years ago. I had I didn't like beer. I hated it, actually. I thought it was the worst thing on the earth. I couldn't stand it. And I would go to rugby games. That's how we drank. And then after like a little while, I discovered like, I had a friend tell me, he was like, maybe instead of saying you don't like beer, so you don't, there's something to like, try to find something you do like. So I was like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. So eventually I realized I like England. I was like, okay, it's a nice, you know, Amber Lock game. This was 2012, 2011. And I said, okay, I like these flavors. There's something about that Amber, you know, he basically mm-hmm. explained, like, food, what it was I was tasting. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was like, oh, I would like to see if, you know, I can't find a lot of what I like. Maybe I could try to make it. And I was in the mall with some friends and saw Mr. Beer Kit, bought it for myself. I feel like this is everybody's like story. And I bought Mr. Beer Kit. Of course, the beer was absolutely terrible. And it just tastes like extremely yeasty in England. So I was like, okay, so there's a promise there. And then I like to cook, so I figured maybe I just need to be good at it. And then I just brewed maybe two or three times a year for the first five or six years. And then I was just mainly duped. Like someone basically told me, find a beer that you like and try to clone it. And so I was like, oh, I like Newcastle. I would try to make that. 
or you know whatever it was. And I said, okay, that makes a lot of sense. And then fast forward to two years ago, um, I worked for a brewery that closed in Charlotte, and she told me to take whatever I physically could. And that's when I switched over to all grain and started learning about water chemistry and malts and diastatic power and basically all the nerddom of, of brewing, like going just deeper into it. And I brewed every time I had an empty fermenter, a couple times a week. I was at home, it was COVID, I had nothing else to do. So I did more of that, more research, started giving beer to people, uh, started untapped, asking for feedback on the change and whatever feedback they gave me, I changed it. I started taking notes and just really, really honing in on it. And then it kind of just was an accident. I never expected to go from, you know, the home brewer that probably has too many kegs at home and bottles to this being, you know, one of my jobs. But um, it's just, it just kind of happened. I don't know another way to kind of say it, but it just, I think I, I ended up moving here, I ended up finding this place, and I ended up brewing. So I think it might be one of those, you know, fake kind of. Stars aligned. Yeah, everything aligned. The planets, Mercury wasn't in retrograde, so it kind of worked out. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the Bob Ross and Brewing, happy little accidents. <laughs> oh, we have a lot of those. What's the thought process as from your early days as a noob, so to speak, trying to replicate a well-known beer that everyone knows what it tastes like? Like, how are you trying to, how, how are you mentally breaking apart something that you we're very green in and trying to create a duplicate of it. Um, I think it's kind of like the difference between cooking and baking, if that makes sense. Like when you cook, you know how some people say, oh, they just do a dash of this and dash of that. It's kind of how it was when I started brewing. And then for me with baking, it's like, okay, there's a reason for that temperature. There's a reason for baking powder versus baking soda. There's a reason, you know, for doing all the steps. And I think it's just intentionality, honestly. And, you know, spending the time thinking about, okay, these grains, why these grains? You know, this temperature, why this temperature? Uh, this yeast, why this yeast? Understanding different strains of yeast, liquid dry. But I think it's just all intentionality. I've, I've actually care more. Um, and it was something I realized, I was like, okay, I'm good at this, how do I get better? And there's always something to learn, which is probably one of my favorite things. I used to be a teacher, so anytime I get to learn something, I love it. So, We've talked about beer. We've talked about collaborations. We've talked about inspiration. Let's talk about the food. It's my favorite question to ask. <laughs> Who's the mastermind around the food? Any inspirations? that Do you get it from your other restaurants? Or? You know, a Habitat definitely has its own menu. Yeah. Uh, so... It, we're not getting anything really from our other restaurants uh, when it comes to that. Now, the mastermind in the kitchen is Jimmy Doris. Uh, so, Chef Jimmy uh, is a great addition to our team. He helps look after all three of our restaurants. Uh, so, we're, we're happy to have him. I think uh, when we came back from COVID and, you know, we really kind of made the decision that our niche was truly going to be like a beer house, you know, in, in that respect, we really kind of looked at the menu, started looking at the menu a little differently and tried to make sure that that uh, pairing made sense, you know, in that design. So we've done a lot uh, recently to really kind of incorporate beers 
we're doing it more now that we're brewing our own. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, like if, if you've been here before, you know, we do have beer cheese on the menu. I know a lot of restaurants do have beer cheese, but you know, it's our beer, you know, it's, so there's a lot of incorporation that goes into it now and it's a lot more intentional. Uh, so, you know, I think that we are definitely an American style restaurant that pulls on a lot of eclectic styles. Uh, we have a Mediterranean bowl, which is, you know, you know, obviously sounds healthy. It is healthy, uh, but it's not just all straight up just bar food. Uh, and that's, that's the misconception sometimes that people have about Habitat is that they think about 50 taps and they think it's going to be bar food. We actually, I like to think that our, our food is, is, is a notch up from that. And uh, we definitely try to make sure that we have a broad menu that appeals to everyone that lives here. Because uh, we have wine drinkers that, you know, are just as important as, as our beer drinkers. And, uh, you know, the wine program has always been an important part of this restaurant. And we really kind of focus on artisanal wines and we do these things that are unique, kind of like craft beer. So uh, that's important in the food program. Like I said earlier, you've got to put out what sells. Mm -hmm. You've got to look at, at the end of the day. Yeah, yep. You, I mean, you've got to make money. That's you know, you got to take care of your your customers, but you also got to take care of your business yep. financially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, with you know everything that's been happening in the economy, it's it's hard with rising costs and things to stay. Uh, stay with an offering at a price point that customers will, you know, will accept uh, and, and try to do the right thing when it comes to managing the business. And sometimes we have to sacrifice that. Um, and we kind of feel like that's some of our give back to our community. We, we often talk about pricing when it comes to that, but it's definitely been, been a tough go. We just, right now we're just trying to survive. I think we're doing a good job. So. Well, I, I will say real quick that been to other tap rooms that have 50 plus or 50 less uh, beers on tap, whether it be their beers or anybody else, y'all got a pretty good competitive rate. It's pretty good pricing. Yeah, well, that's nice For to sure. hear. I mean, honest, honestly, I mean, Nico is the one that watches that like a hawk. Uh, you know, I give him credit for the beer program and how it's been shaped over time. Uh, really, you know, the whole bar program. Uh, it's been a collaboration, but, you know, Nico has been here from day one. So, so which of the high-end plates of sustenance, one, sell the, sell the best, and two, which ones are the equivalent of those niche craft beer styles that, like, I really want, I, like, the chef really wants to make this. Got to throw him a bone and let him make what he wants and throw that in the menu and see what people take. So on the, uh, you know, the items that sell the most, I mean, the reality is we do sell a lot of burgers. Uh, I mean, we, I mean, it's hard, you know, to not sell those, especially in this environment. So we sell a, a lot of burgers, uh, but, you know, we also uh, sell a lot of other items that don't kind of fit the bill for that. Like we've introduced fish and chips. You know, it's been kind of a, a nice way to, to kind of get that pub style, incorporate beer. And Your pretzels. Pretzels. pretzels are nice. Yeah, so pretzels. My daughter and I come here just for pretzels. Yeah, and I think on like on the appetizer side, you know, like our beer boiled peanuts and stuff like that. Like, you know, we, we've we been doing those things really from the beginning. And, um, but I think we probably did the most incorporation when it came to the brunch menu. Right, Nico? For sure. 
Yeah, the brunch definitely, you know. Chef Jimmy, he he took with it and ran. And he changed that that program where when we first opened up, all we did was a biscuit brunch. Very various brunch. different chicken and biscuits, various uh, you know, I remember when we had the Big Daddy sandwich, which was a biscuit mac and cheese Nashville chicken. I mean, it was, but that was like the creme de la creme on our menu where now our number one selling item at brunch is our chicken and churro waffle. Oh. Um, that thing <laughs> rushes it. I got to say it the proper way. The blueberry biscuit holes, not what the kitchen calls it. Um, and then uh, those things are fantastic. When we originally did them, they were just biscuit holes and they put cinnamon and sugar on them. They were great. Jimmy threw in the blueberries, really amped it up, put some lemon glaze on there. And the grit bowls. Grit bowls. Uh, we, um, we took it a step further and we put like uh, a beer stout gravy on, on the grits. And, uh, you know, those are, and obviously beer braised brats and stuff on the grits and mm -hmm. just all kind of things. And Jimmy's starting to play a whole lot more. And obviously, he always asks Nico what, what beer he should use. Yeah. So. Our life. Like if y'all have not had them. The what? The grit holes. Yeah. The only reason I don't have them on Sunday is because I would be sleeping. Like, <laughs> instead of early. The, <laughs> the grit holes. You gotta come happy. try. They are so good. That breakfast grilled cheese is my favorite. And yeah. we source local grits with it yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we do source local. Jimmy can make anything, honestly. He can make toast superior. Not even kidding. He can. It's just Jimmy's just good. Mm. All right, so we've talked about the brewery that you got in here, and we've talked about the copious amounts of taps that you have in the full-service restaurant. What kind of events do you guys put on here? Like, uh, what do you do to attract people, although you've got quite a bit going on already? Yeah, you know, the event side for this restaurant almost came as a surprise mm -hmm. because really I think it's a part, it's just the design of the restaurant. You know, we have this covered patio and we have this large community table and what kind of happens is you end up with these different kind of spaces that people want to gravitate to. And so whether you're a small party or a big party, people want to come for a birthday, we have you know bridal showers. Uh, we had the Girl Scouts here uh, selling cookies, and that, they were all paired with beers. Uh, so, you know, we had some fun with that. Uh, but we, we've done almost anything you can think of in terms of an event. You know, we have people that want to get married. It's, uh, it's the craziest thing. And, um, you know, so we're happy about that. And we're happy about the fact that people also will, will come in and uh, at happy hour and fill up a 16 top in a heartbeat uh, because it's just a group of people that decided they wanted to come and hang out. And uh, that's really happy to see too with the businesses around here. I know also we, uh, you know, every month we do, Habitat does host an event. And be that we showcase, you know, one of our brothers or sisters in arms and showcase a brewery. Um, in a couple weeks, we're showcasing Magnetic South. It's actually one of our first uh, double collab releases that we've done a tap takeover with. So that's going to be 
really cool. Uh, Adam, one of our near and dear friends, one of our original guys that we did a collaboration with when he was back in Thomas Creek. Cousin. Yeah, cousin. <laughs> uh, he, uh, you know, we came out with a smashed hazy pale ale at Thomas Creek way back right when COVID hit. Talk about mm -hmm. great timing for a beer release. And, you know, we dialed it back in and we were like, hey, let's try this again. And it was really cool because he got Magnetic South back up or got up and running. And so we did that. So we're showcasing them. Next week or next month, we're doing Savannah River. We're doing our Dungeons and Drafts adventure where we're going to be having, sending some of our patrons on miniature quests around the restaurant to potentially earn some prizes. And then, you know, we're doing, you know, we're constantly doing tap takeovers. I know we're working on every year. We have, we showcase Sierra Nevada the godfather of all craft beer. Um, we always pay homage to them, give them usually a 10 to 12 tap takeover. Um, other big events that we do here is um, we did our second year. I've planned it for three, three years in a row, but we've only done two years as we do the Hot Madness, which is our March Madness, where we pair every team in the March Madness with a given beverage. Mm. Beer. Whatever team wins, that beer is half off for 24 hours. So it's a lot of, it's a really cool thing. This year, PBR won. The year before, Michelob Ultra. I'm hoping one of these years the craft beer will take it all. But um, depending on the matchup, sometimes we win and sometimes we lose on that one. Is that every single fun. round? The winner of every single round or yeah. just the champion? Yeah, yeah. No, every single round. So you start out with 64 different beers. Um, mostly all of them are beers. We throw in a couple. Um, curveballs in there, maybe a glass of wine, maybe a, um, some of our wells, but it's a, it's a cool thing. People, you know, you'll have people randomly being like, yeah, go FIU. And, and they're like, I don't know anything about it, but because it's paired with a $10 beer, they want that $10 beer to be $5. Uh, and then during the Christmas, we do the 12 days, D-A-Z-E, of Habitat, mm -hmm. where we run 12 events be it all day hoppy happy hour, all day multi, all day uh, habitual happy hour. Uh, we showcase, um, we'll do two to three tap takeovers in the month of December um, to get a lot of people pumped up. We always do on Christmas Eve, we do dollar house loggers. We usually close early, but we do usually from about till 3 p.m. You know, right when we open, we'll talk dollar beers on Christmas Eve, you know. Beer, well, I know beer and wine pairing dinners, you know, we'll yeah. do like five course, six courses, all paired, and sometimes we'll bring a, a, you know, a brewer in-house for that. Mm -hmm. So those are always been fun. Yeah, the last beer pairing you did, I was on duty and I couldn't get away. Couldn't even get anybody yeah. to work for me. Yeah. Very quickly, go Norfolk State, I want that barley wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, for clarity purposes, I'm assuming... The Girl Scouts are not drinking the pairing. So is it the patron buys a box of cookies and then your staff offers what beer on tap? Yeah, Nico, how did, how did you construct that uh, exactly? Yeah, so it was really cool. The uh, Actually, the Girl Scouts approached us. And um, the, um, the upstate chapter of the Girl Scouts came up and they're like, hey, we really want to be able to see if we could set up a station to sell Girl Scout cookies outside the establishment. And I was like, well, how about we do one better and we do a beer pairing where all the parents 
who are here can have the Girl Scout cookie, a Girl Scout cookie flight paired with a set beer flight and have a basically pairing. So you pick, you could either pick your beer or you could pick your cookie. And then we would, you know, I would pair them obviously based on flavor profile. Uh, my personal favorite was, uh, was the peanut butter overload, which was the peanut butter patty with the uh, Pisca peanut butter nitro milk stout, which that thing was absolutely just, you know, it was like I was using Reese's peanut butter cup. It was great. Speaking of peanut butter, beer nerd. Yeah. What would I have with a tag along? Oh, I'm trying to, don't they keep changing the names? I'm trying to remember. Oh, it's always going to be a tag along to me. Because <laughs> tag along was the, no, the limit. Oh, it's a sandwich. No, it's just a cookie, but it has a peanut butter on the inside. But it's like there's a cookie in it too. It's not just chocolate. Because I think what we did for that, um, didn't we do? We didn't do. I th we didn't do the colch. The colch was the shortbread. I think that was our Coco de Chanel. So Coco de Chanel is our house. Uh, we Candace had a. I helped her on doing this one. This one was a, a real treat. Uh, roasted organic cocoa nibs. Nice, light, easy drinker at 10.5%. Um, nice, sessionable, crushable <laughs> stout. <laughs> but it was actually a, a sessionable lot. stout? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> We're, uh, I had a high gravity blend for a while. So, uh, <laughs> it's her nickname. I had a high gravity blend for a while. Because everything she touches, if it's below 6.5%, we're surprised. <laughs> Um, here on the Upstate Beer Boys podcast, we're always big on support local and drink local. So what is, um, a little different from Wayne's questions surrounding the events, but what is Habitat's footprint in the local community, uh, whether that's Greenville, Greater Greenville, or just the Upstate in general, or even just South Carolina in general, what is your footprint with local charities, fundraisers? Any more brewery collaborations you want to speak on? Any local musicians or artists that have a consistent place here? What is Habitat's uh, community footprint? I think this is probably going to be a collaborative answer. Uh, so we definitely are focused on trying to be a part of the community. So for us, that means first and foremost being a part of Greenville and what's happening with Greenville. Uh, but also, we're looking at what's happening in the state, what's happening in the region. And so we have tried very hard to uh, grow any kind of efforts to create bonds there. Like Nico had pointed out, on, on the food menu, we use local grits, and those come from Pendleton, uh, so over in the Clemson area. And it's, it's a really old family-owned, uh, you know, they do stone grits, and that's that's really all that they do with flowers and you know anything else that you can get out of corn. And so it's pretty cool that we can support them. We've made them a feature on our menu. Uh, we'll see if a beer happens. I don't know. But anyways, uh, you know, so we, we look at stuff like that. And then on the charity side, uh, you know, we're, we're always through with whether it's events that we're doing, like the Girl Scouts or if it's a local school that's doing something. You know, Greenville Triumph, you know, we're always looking and we're always open to any conversations when it comes to what's really good for Greenville. So 
that is definitely a part of who we are as people because we realize that like this is the market we serve so we got to give it love and uh it's growing you know our footprint our footprint is growing i won't say that it's massive right now we're three years in as habitat and quite frankly a year and a half of that was covid uh but mm -hmm. we're definitely you know getting a lot of focus in those areas and i don't you know on the collaboration side and you know we order beer in our grains are coming from, you know, Asheville and, you know, all that stuff. So I don't know if you want to speak on any of those kind of things. Yeah, I try to order also a lot through, like, Shoeless has been a backbone. Mm -hmm. Whenever we need, like, smaller quantities or local stuff, like, you know, Rebecca and Shana have been awesome. And Ken's still there and like, helping out. So whenever, of course, I forgot something. But one day I was like, oh, no, they're, like, extremely helpful. And I know it's, like, super local, but we're doing the ales for ALS. Which, you know, a dollar for every pint is going towards, you know, the uh, therapy development research. That's a personal uh, cause. And so for me, it's just kind of seeing how, you know, everybody's responding to this. And I would like to do a lot, you know, a couple more charities and see, you know, what's important in the neighborhood or upstate, like you guys are saying. But I think starting with that one, I think for me, it's definitely important. And um, I, I like that a lot of, there's way more breweries this year than there were last year that did it. So hopefully we keep that going. Yeah, and then also, you know, from my time being here, you know, we've also been at home for a lot of the local schools. Uh, so we've done, you know, uh, help raise money for, uh, you know, Malden, Middle Malden Elementary, uh, some of the other surrounding schools. And, you know, we, do, we host their spirit nights and we donate uh, a percentage of all of our food sales to go sales, all of that back to the schools for the uh, just, you know, you know, all the schools need help. And, you know, we are, you know, glad to be able to do that, you know. Um, and, and quite frankly, we were doing it when we weren't able to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, during COVID, we still continue to support things because, you know, it's a long game. You know, we're, we're not here just for the moment. You know, it's, it's a little bigger than that. So one of the last things we'd like to do before we wrap up is go around the table. And Jonathan, I know you've got to get out of here. So before you go, can we quickly go over what we drink and if anybody wants to give any input about the beers? Yeah, so, yeah. Well, I actually chose uh, Jimbo juice today. Uh, you know, Candace's favorite beer to make. <laughs> The names uh, come up a couple times already. They all skip mine. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the only beer that rivals that would be Wise Old Joe Triple Decoction, uh, which uh, is her favorite as well. Uh, actually, <laughs> just like its namesake. Just like, just like its namesake. But uh, no, I think it's a nice, approachable, uh, juicy IPA. Uh, not too bitter, not too juicy. Uh, it makes you want to have like a second and a third. You know, there's a lot of IPAs out there where it kind of just like, you know, ruins your palate and there's only so many you can have. Uh, but, you know, we all want to be responsible. But still, Jimbo Juice is definitely one of those beers that I think you can have more than one and be just as content on the second or third. Well, I'm not drinking my own beer. Um, <laughs> yeah, shame, 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 shame. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, this is uh, Edmonton's Birthday Nebula, which is one of my favorites. So, um, if I were drinking my own beer, 
I probably would pour the, the blonde that is, the coffee blonde. So that's my, it's a nice easy rider. Wayne, we gotta try that for you later. <laughs> I'm yeah, Josh may, well, Jonathan bought Costa Rican coffee. Oh. Because he asked me about all the flavor. I learned so much about coffee from him. I just pour scoops. I don't even know how to make it. But <laughs> he ordered the things and uh, did some research about dry meaning versus like actually putting coffee. So Josh, my assistant, actually made coffee with half of it. And then we put the beans in the bag and Stick put it, it under pressure. Well, no, we just literally duck the you beans into the dry coffee. Hop dry hopped it with okay. beans. Because apparently you get the aroma from that, but not the flavor. And from coffee, you get flavor and aroma. So putting them together, you get both. And then I threw in like a half cup of vanilla from the kitchen, which I was like, thank God we have a kitchen. And <laughs> it worked, and the girls at 85 were super helpful when we made it, but that's probably my like go to. And it's a new breakfast beer. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Sounds amazing. I'm going to have to try some of <laughs> So, currently, I'm enjoying a lovely, refreshing pink lemonade. But <laughs> I. Is it made in house? Uh, this is the finest high seat. Okay. Nico, um, you can go into why you're having a sober June instead of sober October. Yeah. <laughs> I like to challenge myself, and I thought, you know, why not challenge myself during the hottest day, hottest month? So, right. you know, but all in all, but usually the beers that I go off of, you know, um, Candace took one of mine. You know, that Blonde Valdez is fantastic. Um Jonathan's going to murder me. I, I found a uh, keg of the right stuff, so I will be tapping that. Uh, <laughs> um, so usually the Blonde Valdez, the right stuff, or Irish Red Ale are two of my go-tos. Um, and then my guilty pleasure beer, being a good old Texas boy, Shiner Bach. No, I knew Shiner Bach. Shiner Bach <laughs> is my, uh, you know, that's, that's the one true Bach Amber beer, not Yingling. Shiner Bach. They <laughs> do a prickly pear. Oh, yeah. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> prickly pear. They do a yearly birthday beer. I had, well, I split, the, I split the difference a little bit. I got one guest tap and then one of yours. Um, and it, the first one was, oddly enough, or coincidentally, whatever the case may be, my first tripping animals because I've been on a long road to find that. Um, and it was, I thought it had that very, like, high-end, citrusy, bright type of flavor. Um, like, to the point, of, I guess, to the point of dankness. But honestly, to be totally honest, I'm not even sure if all these years I've been considering referring to dank as the right word. <laughs> um, and then the other one I had was your house, Berliner Vice. Big shock. <laughs> um the Berliner Weiss is actually our collab with Brew 85, so it's Brew 85. We went there and brewed it there in their establishment. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, and I'm when it's like very subtle hints to pull out, I tend to be a little bit bad with recalling what I think it is, but I definitely got the sour note. Um, it may have had some saltiness, so Wayne might may not like that one, but it uh. I had a little bit of a carbon mouthfeel, so maybe that balances out that the sourness a little bit. So I had the Hefeweizen. I had the Jimbo juice first. Then I had the Hefeweizen. Uh, first time I've ever had y'all's Hefeweizen. I was pleasantly surprised. 
because a lot of Hefeweizens, you know, have that banana flavor and banana aroma that just pops in the back of the throat. Sometimes it can be too overpowering, but I don't get that from this. What? <laughs> Some sounds like there was an executive decision made on that. <laughs> Changing things up. I think the first time I made it was like six point seven. It was high gravity. It was way, it was way out there. So what is this one? This one is only four, five, four nine, four nine, five percent yeah. is low, but um, it's got a really I, good flavor profile. Though. I I did some more reading, and uh, apparently there's a mash tech mash technique that you can use to make more of that clove pop because that's my thing is I wanted more clove than banana. So you get clove in the front, banana kind of on the end, and it's lighter. I mean, it's 200 degrees outside, so I feel like that's something you could drink a lot easier than a 7% very banana bomb. Banana bomb. Mm. <laughs> a 6.7 six, a 6. Hessenweiser. Mm. Mm. Well, it is a German style, right? Yeah. It's it's a yeah. Easy drinkers, we want you to be able to get home. So that's kind of So I started off with the, uh, I think the Blonde Valdez here, collab with uh, Brewer 85, and I always love the coffee beer, and that was very nice, uh, nice coffee hit at the front, nice mellow finish, good ABV. So <laughs> I walked up to the uh, to the bar, and you know, I probably need to go see your wife at the Ike Center, she's like, still can't focus. Oh, you gave him a plug? <laughs> Free plug. So, um. Uh, one of the other guys like, hey, we tried to have my get this port. So yeah, like uh, you were saying, very good clove start, very mellow and very unique. I love it. Good. So two different bartenders. One told Wayne, one told me. Mm -hmm. Did try that. Oh, that's so, great. That's awesome that the bartenders are kind of. <laughs> yeah, they well, they're really good at it. I think you're talking about Brian, but he, he does what I like to call the no suggestions thing, where he's like, oh, you like hips? Okay, bam. And he brings it out and he explains it. I keep using that. Um, but he explains, like, this is our in-house method yeah. this is our in-house easy. And I was like, yeah, throw hours out there. You know, people come in. I'm like that. I'll drink the exact same thing every single day. But if you kind of throw me like a little curveball, which is what, when I first started coming here, uh, we had a bartender that was like, oh, you like hazies? Bam. And yeah, he would just go ahead and give it to me. And he's like, that's good. And it's changed so many people's mind. And Christina's the same way. She could make the worst thing sound like something with glitter and like rainbows on it. <laughs> she just has a way of making it sound great. Inception. And, yeah, but it, I mean, she, she's not going to you know, lie to you. She's like, oh, this is a good sour. This is a good cider. This is a good XYZ. And I think our bar staff really kills it when it comes to like serving up beers. And it's. But knowledge is crazy. Yeah, I, I think it's important to highlight too there, and Nico, you probably can just expand on it a touch, but we have 50 beers on tap. It's a lot of beers. It's very intimidating for someone that comes in to order off of that menu. Yeah. So <laughs> yep. you know, Nico's done a great job of breaking it into flavor profiles so people can just identify with what they think they like in terms of flavor. And then from there, choose what's in that category. Uh, but we're not a pretentious beer snobby place. Like, I mean, most of the time, you know, we're putting samples in front of people to help educate them, expose them to something different. 
And it's not about, you know, putting the most expensive beer in front of them. It's yeah. about giving them what they communicate that they like. And it's like, you'll like this one. Well, my bartender, yeah. That's what my bartender, when I went up there, she said, what have you had? I know what you had before. I know what you have when you come in. What's your style? I told her, and right. she said, well, try this one. Yeah, yeah. And the Hefeweizen is usually not what I'm going to gravitate to mm-hmm. when I'm in a new place. Yeah. Nico, with your menu organization, is it putting them, putting the beers together at, and assuming people will stay there, or do you want them to progress through it? Like, stay here in your home stretch and then work your way up to something else? So, fun question, because I have worked on this beer menu for years. It has changed. It has evolved. Um, Obviously, with all of our guest taps, I like to set things up based off a flavor profile. Um, But it's an open flavor profile, you know, easygoing. You know, that's a very um, broad category. You know, I put my my lagers, my pilsners, my wheat beers, my kolsches, all of that kind of in that. And, you know, that's our job and our staff's job to uh, um, help them find what they want to drink. And, you know, hoppy and pale, that's a very broad spectrum because, you know, IPAs, you know. Hell, what kind of IPA do you like? You know, West Coast, Hazy, all of those. And yes, you know, I try and make it simple for the consumer, but then I also throw a big curveball at them, and we now have our house brews on there, which isn't broken down by style. It's more just here's all the beers that we have in house. Find it. Find it. <laughs> and um, I mean, but it's it's still really cool. And then my most Broad is sour and something different. No matter how many times I have changed that category's name, sour and something different always comes. People will order a Belgium strong golden ale. Why isn't it sour? Well, it falls under the something different category, and it's like, oh, I get it. And it's definitely hard. Like, I love that idea of, you know, educating my consumer. And that's what we all love to do here is that's what we're here for. Talk about beer. And, you know, find the flavor that they want. Find the experience that they want to have. You know, they want something really rare and unique. Do they want the hazy, hazy little thing? Do they want a Miller Lite? We got it all on top. I mean, we don't, you know, someone had to build a beer scene here uh, for all of us. And, you know, give them the homage and the, and the, the thing that they deserve, you know. I mean, my guilty pleasure beer is Scheiderbach and Miller High Life. I mean, <laughs> easy drinking. You can drink more things. Yeah. High Life is cheap. Oh, yeah. That's six packs under $7. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Was there anything that you want to add before we wrap up and go on to our next interview? Give them the next, give them the final word. There you go. Chase does it better than I do. <laughs> Final yeah. word. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. No, no tick tock. We just give the guest the final word before I'm we. I'm not talking about the app tick tock. I'm just saying the time is ticking. <laughs> well, the app's okay too because I'm there. Um, That's Chase. I'm still learning. 
I mean, is there anything yeah. you want to talk about like that's coming up that you're excited about? Is there anything you want to add to possibly somebody that's never been to Habitat before? Yeah. What they can expect? For sure. There's definitely, don't be scared of Woodruff Road. This <laughs> is literally right off of Miller Road in between 385 and 85. It is literally one light off of 385. It is not like you're driving for miles down Woodruff Road. You can get here quick. It's right off of Miller Road. We are right, we are not where it gets absolute anarchy. But come on in, you'll see the umbrellas up. You know, it's, I mean, shoot, today it's 100 degrees here, so the vinyls are down. But when it's nice out, you open the vinyls. Um, right across the street from St. Clair's, you know, it's a great place, you know, ton of parking. If you want to sit outside, bring your dog, bring your family. Um, we're family friendly, pet friendly. Um, my staff absolutely loves dogs, so bring your dog out a water bowl with nice chilled water. It's a great place to be. Um, and you'll be greeted with a absolute amazing beer and even a more amazing experience here. I agree. I will say I want people to love Habitat like I do. Um, I live close, but still, this is my favorite place to be, honestly. And I wouldn't work here if I didn't like it. I wouldn't work here if I didn't believe in everything they're doing. And the people here are just nice. And it's like, you, you know, you guys experienced earlier. You said at the bar, Christine was like, I know what you had earlier. How many people, you know, how many places can you go that see this many people that remember that? And like, if you are, if you love beer, if you love drinks, 50 beers on tap, a full bar, wine selection food that is just incredible. Like I eat here more than I do at home, I just should admit that. But <laughs> the food is, you know, simply incredible and it's always something and we just love seeing like our regulars and people that come in have never been in here. So if you haven't come, please come. And like Nico said, it's not so bad getting off would you but I promise you it's worth it. Yeah, shoot, I'm coming from T R and I still get here in less than twenty five minutes. <laughs> well this is a bad this <laughs> getting tongue tied. This has been a great interview, and we really appreciate y'all taking the time to sit down with us. Because I know Candace, you have another job, and Nico's all over the place too, and Jonathan <laughs> had to go. But really appreciate y'all taking the time to talk to us. Can't wait to see what the future holds. Habitat, and folks, don't go anywhere. We come back, the three of us will talk about what kind of habitats beers like the best. Don't bet to watch that your granddaddy gave you on aces and eights and some more river boat. Always watch out for a red-headed woman or government man when he's thirsty for those things that I should have known.
Welcome back into the Upstate Beer Boys podcast. Huge, huge, huge thank you again to, to Jonathan, Candace, and Nico for hosting us and being so open about their business and journey thus far at Habitat. Now, as the listeners know, we like to play word associations with beer, and Habitat is quite the play on words itself. So let's talk Habitats, gentlemen, and the creatures that populate them. We'll get right into it with a climate I ventured away from, exaggerating a little bit, but the message is still implied. And despite how some may prefer a cooler temperature these days around our part of the country this particular time of year, I say, heck no. Gentlemen, what is your beer style for the polar and tundra climate? Wayno, you why don't you kick off the climate beers and then we'll have Stephen kick off the animal beers. All right, so for my winter, northern, polar, freezing beer. <laughs> I am going to go with a nice imperial stout. Nice. Preferably coffee imperial stout. Ah, yes. If if we know anything about Wayne, it's coffee, coffee, coffee. (laughs) Gets me going. I want to for the frigid north. A strong porter to keep you warm. Oh. Close, but just different enough. What do you guys think about like the difference between the two? Because they are different beers. Well, to me, the difference between a porter and a stout would be kind of asking the difference between a pale ale and an IPA. Uh, they're, they're pretty close. They are pretty close, but to me, a porter is more of you know, your chosen adjunct, the, the roastiness of like coffee, whereas a stout to me is more sweet. Obviously, not every stout sweet, but for the most part. You know, to be honest with you, you could uh, blindfold me, put a stout in a porter, and I might get them right and I might get them wrong. Oh, we got to get you some more porters, Sage, Papa Sage. So to me, a porter is more creamier. Than a stout is. Really? Surprise me. <laughs> yep. I don't know. I mean, Milk that's pretty smooth. Well, yeah. <clears throat> I guess you just have to be in my mind palette or in my brain and on my palate. <laughs> Everybody well, has different palettes. I'm, I'm kind of tempted to stay in the same vein and also say a stout or even go one notch higher and say an imperial stout. But just to be different, I'll go with a pastry sour because all that sugar has got to keep you pretty warm, too. <laughs> Get that heartbeat, heart, heart, heartbeat racing and the blood flowing. The viewer, the listeners can't see it, but I think the mayor just uh, tooted a little bit. No, I, I'm swatting a gnat away. It <laughs> went up my nose. Much like the beer. <laughs> we got to get a guard for your schnoz. Train Jack. <laughs> oh, 
All right. Well, let's kick it over to the animals that inhabit these climates and start off with a, and I don't want to be so basic and just say polar bear. So let's go something different. Let's go with a penguin. Mayor, what bear you got that reminds you of a penguin? <laughs> penguin City Bruin. <laughs> Lame. Lame. That's I, don't game, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So. I only, hey, I only say that because a friend of mine about, I guess, two years ago sent me a beer from Penguin City Brewing. And so I was like, oh, Penguin, Penguin City Brewing. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even know they existed other than that. Yeah. What beer a penguin would be? Um, I would say. I'm going to go with one of Chase's favorites, a Berliner Weiss. Okay. I could get, I could see it. I could see it. Penguins are flashy. They're showboaty. Berliner Weisses have all those uh, fancy flavors and colors and pop out in your eyes and strut around with their chest puffed out. Yeah, I could see it. But you're not going to fly anywhere. Ooh. No. Oh. That's cold. I don't like that. Much like this well, temperature we're in. <laughs> temperature topic, I should say, not actual temperature. It was certainly not frigid today. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, I want to go something regal. I want to go something something that uh, only the esteemed would be, because I think of the emperor penguin and that big gold crown on his head. So I'm going to go with something kind of rare. And something with a very unique taste palette, all the same. And I'll go with the ESB. Okay. Little, little out of, little out of the box thinking, but hey, try, try to take something different, right? As long as it makes sense, <laughs> at least in my brain. <laughs> Next up, some forestation that never seems to be bothered despite the colder temperatures that may traverse it at times and that is the evergreen climate whether that's the likes of forests in sacramento parts of alaska or our neighbors to the north in canada gentlemen what's your forest beer way now all right so my uh forest beer is going to be an american pale ale actually specifically a bell's too hearted oh because to me it tastes like Pine soul in the glass. So what what is more tree-like than the bell's too hard? I mean. There, there. <laughs> I actually think I gotta try that again because I know I've had it before, but I have zero recollection of it. Absolutely none. I would say a tropical IPA. Just because of the rainforest. Well, we're not there yet. Well, this is not a rainforest. This is a forest beer. Well, okay. When I think of forest beer, a smoked hardwood porter. Hardwood trees. Hardwood (laughs) trees. No, I went with porter, the, the one before. Yeah, but for the same climate. We just talked an animal. We're back to climates now. 
Okay. <laughs> well, we're about to call. We're about to call the mayor the porter now. The mayor of Porterville, and I'd rather have a milk stout than a porter. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick a little in the same theme as Wayne. But I'm not going with a pale. I'm going with a West Coast. Because when I think of piney and bitter and harsh, and they think of, you know, those pine needles and leaves and all the kind of darkness that evergreen trees provide a little bit, I'm going with the West Coast IPA. It's nice. You know, after Bell Sue Harder, that uh, Road to Nowhere Pacific North, Northwest IPA from Full Steam. Would also fit in that same vein too. Drink drinking a pine cone. <laughs> Actually, I don't think that one was much of a pine cone to me as Bell's Two Hearted was. So, and as for this forest inhabitant, let's give the bears some love this time, and let's decide what beer reminds us of a big old grizzly bear, Mister Maya or Mister Porter, I should say. Barrel-aged stout. I like it. Big, grizzly, mean. And will kill you. Can, yeah, can <laughs> knock you on your butt with one punch. <laughs> Wayne. That's, that's pretty good. Um, hmm. Grizzly bear. Uh, I'm going to go with a... Belgian quad. Oh, there it is. Talk about punching your teeth. <laughs> uh, it will mess you up just like a bear would mess you up. Yeah. A I will Belgian say, though. And blood. A Belgian quad wouldn't leave your blood and guts on the floor, though. No. <laughs> I will say, though, I've had my share of both. And I will say, I think a quad is a little bit smoother than. A barrel age. I mean, sometimes barrel age can be smooth, but sometimes they could be really pungent. And the quads are—I don't—I don't know what it is. They—they they, a lot of times they kind of make them a little bit more refined. You know what I mean? So it's a refined bear. It is a refined bear. Grizzlies are majestic creatures. Just don't walk too near to them. <laughs> um, I was—you know what? I was gonna have my reasoning at first was going a, was a little. Going along with Stevens, and I was thinking of a beer that you know was strong, was powerful, that would put you on your ass. But and I was thinking barley wine, but barley wine's kind of a refined process and a rare beer. And grizzlies are kind of like the kings of the forest. So instead, I'm going to go with a completely different thought process. And grizzlies, of course, hibernate during parts of the year, so. I'm going to go with a beer that only comes out during a particular time of year, and that is the Oktoberfest. And mind you, the Oktoberfests are still roasty and hard enough of a flavor that to not make the grizzly bear seem too much of a sissy. I can respect that. Our next climate is the wide open plains often referred to as flyover country, where many of the great Native American tribes of yesteryear forged their legend. Gentlemen, 
How about a good old grassland beer? A grasslands beer? I'm going to go with a nice, nice amber ale. Nice. Because it can get a little cold up there, so you might want something a little roasty and warm. But, you know, amber ales are not really known for their their carbonation, so they're kind of flat. Yeah. Oh! I see where you're at with that. But, you know, I think it fits very well. Flat in the land of the endless horizon. <laughs> Mayor, what you got for the Great Plains? A nut brown ale. A nut brown ale. Not just any brown ale. Well, a brown ale. Is that better? <laughs> I wasn't trying to change your mind. <laughs> Squirrel's got to get a nut. Yeah, so why the brown ale? I don't know. It's just, it's not very carbonated either. It's not completely flat, but uh, it just sounded right to me. The Rolling Hills. There you go. Well, mine is, I think of what comes out of a lot of part. A, a, a lot of this part of the of the country, I think of wheat, I think of corn. So of course, Hefeweizen. Hmm. There's no bananas in the Midwest, though. Lots of clove, clove and nutmeg. <laughs> oh, oh, well, that's true. So maybe I should amend it to be more of a generic wit beer. Nope, I'm not trying to make you change your. Nope, you've no, already that said was Wayne, that wasn't you. By your answer. <laughs> All right, Mayor, you can go on the clock next then. So I'm torn on an animal here. So I'll give you a choice. Either something that pops into your head on your own that you've already been thinking of because I've given you the terrain or something like the graceful antelope or the large, big, mighty bison. What do you got for... The animal. What what do you got as far as the animal of the Great Plains? What beer you got that reminds you of that type of inhabitants? Mm. Got that look on your face. I, I'm not. Draw, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> Antelope or a bison? I know when we go eat bison, like bison burgers. I know a good beer that goes with it, but I'm not going to say it because you're going to start calling me Mayor the Mayor man. the Porter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that you know they're real beefy, and then an antelope is extremely fast. I don't know. Can I phone a friend, Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I would say for a bison, I'm going to go with a nice Schwartz beer, dark lager. Oh, that's a great choice. That's a great choice. I, uh, hmm. Well, yeah, for the bison, you want to go something strong. 
something a little rare because, of course, not too long ago, they had to be practically brought back from the stretches of extinction. Um, something you don't see a whole lot of, something that is kind of captivating to your eyes. So for the bison, I'll stay in Wayne's vein, and, but I'll go a little bit different, and I'll just, and I'll just say black IPA. Now for the antelope, I'll give you a twofer, and I'll make probably maybe make Wayne fall out of his chair. I'm thinking of something, uh, you know, just a beautiful, cunning, gracious type of animal. And what's more beautiful than the abs- the, the spitting image of a classic bear? So it's antelope. I'll go pilsner. Very nice. I, 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 I like to um, bring a big build up to sell it. <laughs> All righty. Barren, vast, hot, and at times seemingly never ending. What beer style matches up best with the arid desert? Goza. Oh! <laughs> They should have known. They should have known. Very dry. Very dry. Very salty. Salty. Yep. Makes you thirsty. Doesn't work. That's a good one. (laughs) The last one is definitely a good one. Man, what you got? You got the best one. I was going to say Pilsner because it's extremely hot. And sandy, so you want a beer that's going to be smooth and just low in ABV. <laughs> if you're going to be drinking over there, I know that's something, not exactly the cre- question you were asking, but something refreshing. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, you did kind of go down a different track, but it's okay. <laughs> hey, my, we're, my, we're just going go with, with it. I don't know if we've ever discussed this before, and I'm going to go with something that dries me out. And it's not a Goza. They're usually pale ales. Well, Something that see. is like so hop forward. that Because that, a lot of times when it's like something that's super malty and super bitter, that's usually what drives me out more than something that's salty. So I'm going like to go with Dales. Plus. Oscar Blue Dales. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I haven't had that in so long. Extremely dry. Plus, pale. Desert, light-colored sand. It works. The imagery works. So there's usually not too much life out in these parts, but there's one animal that is well-equipped to carry the burden. What beer reminds you of a camel? Mayor. Oh, definitely a pilsner. Watered down. Doubling down on the Pilsner. <laughs> watered down. They carry lots of water in their humps. So watered down. Pilsner. Ugh. <laughs> That's my beer that I think of. I'm detecting a lot of heat on the Pilsners here. No, I like Pilsners. It just depends on what kind. Mm-hmm. Of course. All right, so a camel. 
do I have to say a style or can I go with just a particular beer in general? I suppose that I suppose that would uh, rely on how good your one particular beer choice would be. Uh, let's see. For a camel, I'm going to go with a specific beer. I'm going to go Natty Light. Oh God! I drink and drink and drink Natty Lights, and it won't quench you. That's why they sell them in thirty packs. I almost wanted to go down the same route and pick a and pick a macro, probably probably Coors Light, because you can drink it like water, and and the gamble doesn't need any water; it just exists out there. It is water. <laughs> Uh, that's a good one. I think Coors Light's better, though. Oh, I, you're not going to get any argument from me on that. <laughs> Natty Light is pretty much undrinkable. <laughs> How about a bonus one? I was uh, Before I settled on Camel for this question, the, the first one that popped in my head was a Scorpion. So I'm gonna name a scorpion beer. Yeah. A triple IPA. Uh, ah! I was oh, gonna say it. you took your answer. <laughs> I was gonna say that because of the punch that they can pack with mm -hmm. the little bitty stinger. Little bit. They're they're very small. Mm -hmm. And a triple IPA looks good, it tastes good, but it can sneak up on you. And you know, pow! The mess out of you. <laughs> yep. I wasn't gonna go with something that could sneak up on on you, but I was gonna go with something that was very particular with something with a bit of a bite in there that I know you guys don't like, and that's a jalapeno beer. Okay, so a little bit nice outside meal. the box. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> or a habanero beer. Yeah. Oh, I like the taste of hot stuff, but I just can't do hot beer for some reason. Sometimes, well, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I've had some, I've had some spice, some spicy beers that just don't work at all. I've, I've had jalapeno chocolate. This guy, no, sorry, not jalapeno chilies. It's got the Mexican chilies inside the chocolate and that's really good. Maybe I need to make a beer out of it one day. <laughs> you stealing an idea from from Westbrook? Uh, no, Mexican cake. No, <laughs> it won't be that good. <laughs> do you know what? I do like that beer though. You didn't when we split it. Well, depends on what year it is, I guess. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. All right. Now we'll come a little bit back to the topic the mayor wanted to jump the gun on earlier. Luscious, tropical, at times unfortunately endangered, and all the time beautiful. What beer matches up best with the rainforest? A nice Mexican lager. <laughs> the endangered Mexican lager. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't see a whole lot of them. Yeah. But they're good in warm climates. 
that's my answer. I'm sticking to it. All righty. Mayor, what you got? You still got something in your mind from earlier? Uh, <clears throat> tropical, nice little tropical IPA. Nice little uh, reminds rainforest. Yeah, I'm gonna go with something. Oh shoot, I just had it. Um, something. Oh, I know something. Well, it's the. It's not so much that the beer style's rare because it's usually any beer style can apply to it, but the process of making it is a little more rare. And I'm gonna go with the cask. And it's usually a, it's usually a, it's usually the process of casting it. I've noticed from my own experience elevates the notes and the elements that are already in the beer itself. And of course, a rainforest is very much an elevated version of what you would think of a traditional forest anyway. So I'm going to go with the cast. Yeah, I was waiting for the mayor to say a tropical porter when he's giving his answer. No. There's a beer for him to experiment with. A tropical porter. Let's do it. Speaking of, I've got a I got two beers I'm sitting here looking at on the floor that I was given a good while ago to share with y'all, and we never have shared it. Mr. Forgetful. From side project. I kind of don't want to know what they are because if it's something that's really going to tickle my fancy, I'll be very upset about waiting on it. (laughs) It's the two beers that a friend of mine that I swapped with locally gave me and told me that he wanted to see what Wayne's thought process was on drinking it. Oh, I remember because, the I remember the I remember the story now, but I don't remember what beer it was referring to. Yeah. And he's also so I gotta call him again tomorrow because he's attached to a brewery that we have been trying to get on the show and that has verbally committed to be on the show, but they Is it Gore Tex? No, and I'm not gonna say the name out loud. Yeah, why? <laughs> it's a number. I wasn't, I wasn't it's asking a number. Brewery. I wasn't asking about who gave it to you. I thought maybe it was Gore-Tex. Oh, 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 oh. I was talking about the brewery was a number. Number. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. That, yeah. <laughs> that is not how I read Wayne's hand hand gesture. It, it's a I, guy. I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a guy. You forgot to put two letters with that, Wayne. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a guy that's attached to them. He gave me those. And then uh, Mother of Craft Beer sent me some kind of a campfire stout or porter that that I was going to share. A big one, like a a big bottle. Nice. Let's get into the animals that inhabit these gorgeous wonder wonders, and I'll open the floor again with a couple of different options. You can either go with a jungle cat in the likes of a jaguar or a panther, or a beautiful parrot such as a macaw or something. I'm maybe I'm not even thinking of. So what do you got, boys? 
whether it's a jungle cat or a parrot, what beer reminds you of either of those or something different? Out of the rainforest. What you got, Mayor? Oh, uh, if it's a parrot, something flashy. Because parrots are usually brightly colored. So I, I would say a fruited sour. Because yeah. fruited sours are usually colorful. And they're really sweet. And parrots are sweet. Parrots Probably want a cracker? <laughs> Sometimes they got an attitude on them, but in yeah. general, they're sweet animals. <laughs> Papa Sage. Well, I will concur with uh, the mayor here. If it's a macaw, I'm actually going to give you, I, I'm right there with you on the fruit and sour. I'm going to give you a specific beer, uh, namely the pineapple upside down shake, fruited sour IPA from Newgrass, one of our previous guests on the show. And if I'm thinking Jungle Cat, I'm going to name another beer of theirs that we all love. Uh, Fiddler's Nightmare, double dry hopped, double IPA, I believe. Oh. When it's dark outside. I'm almost wondering if the, if like a cheetah or a jaguar would be the dream and then a panther would be the nightmare. I opened the box too much. I'll put it back. Put it back in the box. <laughs> um, I'm going to go. Actually, that's interesting. I'm going to go a little different. I'm going to go with the jungle cat too. And I'm going to go a little different because they run all day. They're very calm, quiet, just kind of go about their business. And when they're ready, when they're ready to strike, they'll strike. But for the most part, they're pretty, they're, they're pretty calm and subtle. They just do their thing. So for a beer that you just want to go through every day and do your thing and not be bothered too much, I'm going to go with a lager. Interesting correlation there. Yeah. <laughs> well, last but not least, the earth is, after all, covered by what? 60%, 70% of water? So what beer style reminds you of the overwhelming ocean? And I feel like Wayne's going to regret taking Goza already because, of course, one of the major oceans is saltwater. He can still say Goza because it's definitely salty. To, I don't think he wants to take a card out of your hat and pick the same beer twice. <laughs> no, I'm going to go in a different direction. I am going to go with a... Salted lime lager. Oh. And actually, if you want to get specific, <coughs> uh, new floating beer from New Groove in Bowling Springs is a salted lime lager. And it is fantastic. So, yeah, what better to go with the ocean than a nice salted lime lager? Very nice. You can add the lime to it if you want to. I'm going to say a tequila barrel aged lager. Because the last one I had is called Agave or something. And it was extremely salty. Agave? Yes. But it was really good. That's a lot of 
random things. Tequila, barrel-aged lager. <laughs> I'm trying to find a barrel-aged lager to begin with, much less a tequila barrel. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't a lager. It tasted like one. It's a, it was a ghost. Moss, I gave Classica Lime 10%, and it was um, tequila barrels. Is what it was aged in. It was a goza, then. Yeah, it was a goza. I thought it was a lager. It didn't taste like a goza. Well, maybe you found a goza that Wayne can enjoy. It there you go. Like a lager. I got a watermelon. I got a watermelon salt something goza in my fridge, Wayne, from Terrapin. So, actually... Um... I had gotten a tequila barrel aged goza from one of our fans of the show, Mr. Matthew Andrade on Instagram. Ah. It was from Liability to Killing Me Salty. It tasted like <laughs> a straight margarita in a can. Ah, I love that name. <laughs> yep. That's my ocean beer. Something vast, something gorgeous, something powerful. You know what? I think it's time, although I don't think I would want to drink one of these out on the ocean. I think it's time for me to go with my barrel-aged out. It's big. It's powerful. It's vast. It feels like you're when you're drinking, it feels like it's never going to end. <laughs> so that's my thought process. <laughs> Sounds like a perfect beer when you're going through a storm to me. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I won't remember the storm by the time it's done. Right. <laughs> the king of the sea, of course, is the beautiful and mighty whale. Gentlemen, what beer reminds you of a whale? Steven? I'm out of beers. I don't know. So, so <laughs> out of beers. <laughs> Something that's powerful but gentle because whales don't, they're not man eaters by, by nature, but they're strong and powerful and big. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I would have to say a dark, a dark beer just because most dark beers are. Are strong, like a coffee stout. Got a, a big punch, but can be smooth on the backside. I think I might know what I'm going with now. Papa Sage. Well, before you go wherever you're going to go, I'm going to say a nice barley wine. Almost, I actually I almost thought that, but I'm going to go something different. <laughs> uh, what you got? Why barley wine? A barley wine from Eighth State. A barley a wine. One. They're they're very big. They're very majestic. They're very powerful. They're very smooth. Oh, that's nice. And from the Eighth State because that's a bit of a whale type brewery in it to itself. 
everybody hunts them. Oh, very nice. Hunting whales is not nice, but the the the, the uh, analogy is very nice. <laughs> um, Literal whales, but you know, yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. So actually, my brain was starting to go down the barley the barley wine path, but I never had one that was smooth and majestic. They're all all the barley wines I've had are pretty darn powerful and a little mm -hmm. harsh. So maybe if it was an orca, <laughs> I'd, I'd go with that. But you know, as as far as general, I think this is where, and maybe the maybe the mayor will be a little happy. I think this is where I'm going to go with porter because it's strong and powerful like a stout, but it's a lot smoother and easier to sip on, and kind of gives you more of that majestic beard while drinking something that's rather strong. I can dig it. <clears throat> okay yeah ding 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 our time is up just a reminder be kind to your environment because we only get one and be kind to your local watering holes because local supports local and there's a certain environmental sense to that too so thank you again Jonathan, Candace, and Nico for hosting us at the Habitat in this lap around the beer world that we've been on. Thank you, as always, to Promotion Graphics and Upstate Realty for sponsoring our on-site banner. Thank you and shout out to John Sharkey of the Greenville Craft Beer Festival at Floor Field for inviting us out to partake in and promote the best craft of the Upstate and beyond. I believe we will be looking forward to attending it once again. November 5th. Early tickets are on sale now. Whoop, whoop. Go get it now before it sells out. We always like to thank and appreciate the voice of the Upstate Beer Boys, Mr. Chris Hitchcock, as well as our home away from home, Clocktown Tap Room, Clock Tower Tap Room and Billiards, owned by one Mr. Eddie Whittingham. Go stop in and say hi to Eddie and tell him that the Beer Boys sent you. Gentlemen, I think it's that time and I think I hear a familiar sound. We're just boys. We like beer. Like. That sounds hazy. Lord will make it clear. We're just boys. We like beer. We like beer. If you think that that sounds hazy, then Lord will make it clear. We like Blondells, IPAs, cider stouts from the USA. We're just boys. We like beer, we're just boys, we like beer. We like beer.